Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios. We got the local, the state, the national, covering down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, I'm switching gears for a bit here. Number two on the Triple Dipper, I'm calling it hashtag AL politics or hashtag Alabama politics. Uh, if you want to talk about the uh, the Chinese weather balloon or whatever it is, we'll talk about it some more in a minute. I get, my text lines are blowing up on that issue alone. But let me switch gears because on the line right now is Alabama's uh, Republican Party chairman, statewide party chairman, uh, John Wall, who was, by the way, just elected to represent um, – Alabama at the national level as a vice chairman of the National Republican National Committee. Uh, so without further ado, let me just bring him on. Chairman Wall, how are you doing today? Oh, doing very well. It's always great to be on the show. Hey, thanks so much. I know you've been busy. You had a TV interview a little while ago, I think, didn't you? I did. It's been, it's been a whirlwind, um, really, ever since I got elected chairman. So coming up on two years. <laughs> yeah, this is that uh, that full-time, part-time volunteer job that you don't get paid for, right? Uh, that's right. It, it, um, I, I told somebody the other day, I was like, this. I, I wake up some mornings and I question my sanity. I, I, may be, I may be an absolute idiot for taking this job. Well, I remember, I mean, on a lower scale, really, probably, but my dad was district governor for Rotary, and his mission was to visit every single club, and he was good at it. And I asked him one day, I said, Dad, you realize they don't pay you for this, right? And he goes, I know. <laughs> anyway, um, Hey, you know the, the the pay though the pay is in trying to make our country better for the future and oh. and, and hopefully hopefully protecting people's rights and freedoms and and leaving our children and our grandchildren with the the same values and the same country we had. Boomer, hit the applause! Just hit the applause right now. That was that was well played, sir. Well played. Um, but that, but that's my first radio applause, by the way. I like it. <laughs> But you know what, though, I, I, I know you, and I know you mean that, too. Um, let me ask you. So you just got back from the national uh, convention, and uh, it was quite the, uh, the scene because there was the, uh, the challenge being uh, put up for Ronald McDaniel, who succeeded in uh, securing another term. Um, but there was a lot of grassroots sort of disgruntlement about her position. So before we go into your new position, I want to ask you, Alabama went up there having sent a vote of no confidence. So the executive committee here says no confidence in Ronald McDaniel. Did that create any tension for you when you went up there to the national convention? Well, I, I worked hard for it not to. Um, and I say that because I, I think the, the important thing for the RNC, it's bigger than just the chairman. You know, the RNC is 168 members. And there's a lot of different elected positions within that group, a lot of committees. And the important thing is that we see a shift of what the RNC is. And by that, I mean I want to see the RNC be more engaged in the political process. I, I want to see them actively standing up and fighting for people's rights and freedoms. I want to see them communicating with the base, with the grassroots supporters, and finding a clear vision for how to win in these elections. Well, I, I, I'm for with, that. Go ahead. Yes, and with that in mind, I think we did see a shift within the RNC in these elections. You know, I know there's people who are upset that that Ronald McDaniel's was reelected, but I think when you look across the board at some of, you know, at, at all the positions, the RNC is putting together a team who is looking at those changes. Is looking, okay, where do we need to do? What do we need to do to be better? 
So I'm actually hopeful coming out of this, this uh, coming into this 2024 cycle. Well, so so I go back to my question though, without trying to keep you on the hot seat. Did the uh, vote of no confidence that came out of Alabama did it become a source of conversation while you were up there? It was definitely a source of conversation, but we're <laughs> you know everyone in the RNC are per, are professionals, and we we handled it well. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, all right. I'll, I'll take that for what it's worth. Uh, so let me ask you though. Um, I, I, I don't, ha- I don't yeah. have any, I don't have any crazy fun stories to share with you. I'm sorry. Okay. So there was, there were, there was no teeth and hair flying in the hallways or something like that is what you're telling me. That, that's right. I did not get jumped. Okay. Well, all right. Well then came time for the vote and, and Ronna McDaniel did secure uh, more than enough. I mean, she had a, a fairly uh, overwhelming victory. Um, I think the next closest was Harmeet Dillon, and then the almost no-show was uh, in terms of the vote count was um, uh, Mike Lindell. But uh, w- what was the sentiment, though, on the floor after she prevailed, and how did Harmeet Dillon respond? You know, I was it was actually very interesting being there in person. You know, we had just talked about, you know, how did people react to to the vote from Alabama, as well as other states like Texas um, who, who, who made their opinion known before the meeting. Um, but they're actually at the RNC meeting. I was actually very impressed with all three candidates before and after the vote. They conducted themselves well. They presented their message as well. I know we, there was a candidate uh, form, and all three candidates, I was very impressed with just the ability of what they were able to communicate, their vision. Um, and then after the election, um, both Lindell and Harmeet were very complimentary and you know, saying they wanted to stay involved, they wanted to help the party. Um, make, you know, find those new ways to victory um, and stay involved in the process. And Ronna was very welcoming of them. So I was actually very impressed with, with the relationship between the candidates, both before and after the election. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Because you, you don't want to hear infighting. Uh, you you want to hear, I mean, challenges to leadership are understandable. It's, it's once the challenge is over and where you go next that makes a difference. Um, well, and sometimes need it. You know, I think that's the important thing here. It's even whichever side wins, the important thing is that a campaign brings out different views, um, you know, ideas of, okay, here's maybe an area where we're not doing as well. And that allows that to be targeted and then seen by everyone where it can be addressed in the future. And that's, that's one reason why I'm optimistic. I hope we can see a turn. Um, turn within the RNC towards a more grassroots focus. Well, and I hope so too. And that's one of the things that I really liked about Harmeet Dillon's message. So without harping on this too long, as I want to get to your position, but, uh, but, but let me ask you this, do you, what, what, what level of effort do you see being pushed towards grassroots having come through that election cycle where it was a big deal and that was the challenge? Well, I will say this. I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I know that is going to be my priority with my position. You know, now that I'm, I'm in RNC leadership, I really want to be a voice for, for the people of Alabama, um, but also for the the people of, of the, you know, the grassroots Republicans across the nation, um, because I think that's important that leadership um, keep that front and center. You know, here in America, we're a government that was founded on the idea of representative government, um, where the, the lowest level of that individual is the most important level. And they pick representatives to represent them at the, in, in leadership. So I see that as my role now, you know, really getting to that, being a voice for these positions uh, or for these people um, using this position for that. Well, OK, speaking of positions, so you were just tapped to serve as a vice chair for the Republican National Committee, which, if I'm not mistaken, you're the vice chair over the southern region. Is that correct? That is correct. So it's actually technically it's the vice chairman of the RNC. OK. But there are, there's multiple of them elected by regions. Uh, four regions in the country. So 
So I will, I, my area will also, as well as being a vice chair, a vice chair for the RNC, I'm also going to be leading the southern region um, with the National Committee woman from Oklahoma, Pam Pollard. Okay. How many states are in that region? 14 states. 14 so states. Four wow. Regions. Okay. So it's a significant chunk. All right. So that's, that's great. So what, in, in, in terms of real life for you, uh, Chairman Wall, I mean, just in terms of real life, what does this mean for you time-wise? Are you in state as much it, as you're out of state? What's, what's going to happen? It means the butterflies will see me less. <laughs> For those that don't know, our friend Chairman Wall is the only butterfly farmer that I've ever known. And uh, that's what you do for a profession is you're a butterfly. I love that, by the way. Um, it, it, it is a fun, fun job. Uh, but, no, you know, it, it, it's going to be some, um, you know, some undertaking. Part of the position also includes a position on the what is basically the steering committee for the RNC, what they call their executive committee. So that's going to be most of the work in between RNC meetings. The good thing for me is most of the duties with this position will actually take place during RNC meetings at the convention, which I will be at anyway. Well, so we got uh, we got two years to the twenty four election, obviously, um, mm-hmm. not even two years. I mean, the, the 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 true campaigning is about to really kick off here in the next few months. We're going to start seeing more and more people dropping their names in the hat, and 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 the true race is beginning. Um, what are your expectations from the RNC? Because the great frustration that many of us have, me included, was what I would consider to be a very tepid level of, um, of, of success, if any, out of the midterms we just had. Uh, the House is back, barely. We didn't get the Senate at all. Uh, it doesn't feel like we gained a whole lot of ground. Um, and, but there were, there were victories at the state and local levels, but at the national level, it felt like it was very tepid. So what do you foresee the activity level being heading towards the 24s? Well, and I think that's incredibly important. And, and I think if you look at the areas where Republicans did well, like Alabama, we picked up 50 seats across the state. Um, and then look just to our south down there in Florida. You had DeSantis in, in what is traditionally a swing state where Republicans win by two or three points. It, you know, that's their aim. Winning by, by 19, uh, 19%. That doesn't just happen. And I, I think the message coming out of the 2022 cycle is don't be afraid to be a bold conservative. Yeah. You know, that, that's where we saw the areas that did well for Republicans, Alabama, Florida, South Carolina. And, and I think that's something the National Republican Party needs to take, take and really consider. You know, we need to be having this bold message of, of protecting people's rights, defending their freedoms, um, protecting our children and our children's education. Well, Those you, are the issues that people are looking for. Do you feel like moderates like uh, Romney, McConnell, do you think they kind of went on notice that maybe the moderate day is behind us for the time being? I hope so. Uh, you know, though, usually what comes out of something like this is not that, that it pushes our, some of those leaders to the right, but instead what it does is it pushes them to go more moderate. They say, oh, we need to go more moderate to pick up independence. But I think what we saw in Florida was proof that, that a bold conservative not only picks up moderates, but turns out Republicans. And that combination, you can do things that no one thought was possible. Well, so Chairman Wall, if you had to predict who's going to drop their name in the hat for the presidential races, give me, besides Trump, give me four or five other names that you anticipate are going to wind up announcing in the near future. You know, I learned a long time ago not to trust my gut. <laughs> I, I, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a statistician. So I, I don't know. This, this is a hard question. <laughs> Uh, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to have Donald Trump. I think you're going to have Ron DeSantis, um, Nikki Haley, uh, Mike Pence, um, and Papeo. Well, I'll give you oh, – those would be the five that I would give you as most likely. 
You know, I'll be honest with you, though, what a great field. Can you imagine? That's our candidacy. I mean, uh, we'll wait and see what the Democrats have to offer. But that's the kind of thing what, where you what, look at that field and think that's a that's a, team, that's a team of champions right there. It really is. And, you know, that's what somebody was talking to me the other day, and they were like, this is horrible. You know, Republicans, we have too many good choices. What are we going to do? And I was like, hold it. I would much rather be in this position than be on the Democrat side wondering what you do with Joe Biden. Uh, exactly. Well, Mr. Chairman, we're up against a break. Before we go, though, you've got Ron DeSantis coming to speak at the winter dinner. You want to give some details on that real quick? Absolutely. So March 9th, uh, that's a, a Thursday, Thursday evening, March 9th, Ron DeSantis is going to be in Birmingham, Alabama for the Alabama Republican Party's winter dinner. If people are interested in coming, we have some tickets still available. Um, they can get them at ALGOP.org. All right. And where's it going to be? Do you know what the, the, the event uh, site is going to be? It is going to be at the Sheraton Hotel yeah. there uh, near the BJCC. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. Well, Chairman John Wall, now also Vice Chair of the Republican National Committee, uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks for making some time for us. Yeah. Next time I'm on the air, I want to hear my title. Both. I want both titles in there, okay? So, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it, and along with the applause. All right, Mr. Chairman, you have a yeah, great day. Uh, thank you. All right, Boomer, take us to a break. We'll come right back, folks. I'm in number two of the Triple Dipper. Hashtag Alabama politics. We'll walk through some other things that are happening with some of your politicos around the state. And uh, I'll tell you which one got arrested in our listening area. That's interesting. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. 